On this episode of Be Epic, we sit down with Brandon Oswald of Bases Loaded Entertainment and discuss small business marketing and strategies. And we're back for another episode of Be Epic here. Uh, today we are with Brandon Oswald um, of Bases Loaded Entertainment. Um, what is Bases Loaded Entertainment, I guess, Brandon? Uh, Bases Loaded Entertainment is a um, ownership group that handles three baseball teams in the area, uh, the Cross Loggers, Mankato Moondogs, and the Rochester Honkers. Uh, we oversee the operations um, in that, and I'm not an owner, part owner of it, but I work in the management side of it, and I oversee the marketing for all three teams um, and assist with brand development and stuff like that. And then also we we uh, try to get into the event side of it, uh, mainly just in lacrosse right now, just because that brand is more established in lacrosse, so we're able to um, push more events in that market than the others. But we look, um, we are starting to get more events in the other markets as well. And most nobody obviously is gonna know because nobody knows who you are, or really <laughs> who I am. Um, you know, we kind of go back from you know kind of your early days, uh, right out on. Were you still, were you right out of high school then, or you had just gotten into college was, when we hired you at Teens? Yeah, it was. Um, I was just finishing up at um, a community college um, in Lacrosse here, Western Tech, and I was looking for my first marketing gig. And Drew helped me get into um, that realm of marketing and start my first my first real world experience besides textbooks. And the, the it was just off to the races. The uh, real real person job, yeah. adult job. Huh? <laughs> And so yeah. it's something that, you know, I think we've we've kind of known each other and really for, what, five years, six mm-hmm. years, I don't even know how long ago that was, um, have been in this marketing and this social world together. Is there anything that you have seen that's really changed over over that time frame? And I know it's two different industries. You know, we go from the satellite retailer world um, that was really more sales marketing to now you're developing a brand and mm-hmm. players brand. So it's kind of apples to, apples to oranges, but what is something that maybe you've seen change over, over the last five, six years through um, just like social platforms you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. Mainly social and marketing in general. I think they kind of go hand in hand. Yeah. Um, I would say once, uh, you know, um, we both follow Gary Vaynerchuk and I think um, once he got to the scene and others started to catch on to him of more, um, more content content and not sales driven i've seen more companies go that route instead of just pushing for the sale um i see a lot more organic content that's not sales pushy with with companies um you know and then uh the stories have become really big um the stories are becoming more than the news feed um just more eyes on it and more quality content it seems like um but yeah i would say you know there's just a lot more um just more content not sales driven and we're going to be honest here. We don't have a script or anything, so I'm just going to kind of jump in, and, and we're going to bounce all around, so try to follow with us if you can. <laughs> um, I was actually on a conference call with one of my clients yesterday, and you know we were talking about the different avenues and different places that people can post. And I don't, I don't know if a lot of small business entrepreneurs really understand all the different places that you can post, um, and stories came up, you know, and it was kind of like, Instagram used to be like, hey, try to do one post a day. Facebook was like two to three. And stories is like, hey, however many you want. Um, I personally feel that once you get to that 10 to 15 stories in a day limit, 
like I think people check out. Like I know when I when I'm scrolling through stories at night or you know just kind of have a little bit of downtime. That if I see a location or one somebody that I follow have a ton of small little bars, I personally then don't watch any of them. Yeah. Do you find yourself doing any of the same thing, or kind of what's your strategy when it comes to stories? Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think it all depends on on the industry as well um, that you're working in. I would say like a sports fan would probably be more more apt to view more stories within it, um, depending on what's going on, like a schedule release or something like that. So I think the context within it matters too. Um, but yeah, I, you know, if there's a lot of like small little bars, it's more apt for, you know, just a normal consumer to be like, well, that's too much. You know, I'm just going to skip it or next. Um, but you know, with the sports industry coming from the satellite to the sports, um, it's very, it's, it's way more easier to get fan engagement. Um, so like, I'm very blessed to have that, but it's not always easy as, as well as I've experienced. Do you feel that people are using stories as we used to use Twitter? Um, I mean, I've never really used Twitter that much. So, um, I mean, I can't really talk much about that, but I know that stories have becoming more of the newsfeed that I've seen, like people companies and stuff like that and even influencers have become big too that's another avenue that we should talk about um later on but like i think people are using the stories more as their news feed rather than using the news feed because i think so many um like the facebook ads that's become so overpopulated with advertisers that people are starting to just veer away from the news feed and just going going to get their content through the stories or an influencer or you know you name it I think it's, you know, you kind of think, and I, you know, most of us, I think in the marketing world, it just comes second na- nature, but like, there's almost a level of like high, like hierarchy and quality. It's like, oh, if yeah. you're going to post it to your Instagram feed, mm-hmm. like that's like, you know, a highly edited photo, you know, mm-hmm. it's very photogenic. Yep. Then you go over to Facebook. That's now kind of like, you're just all sitting around talking. So mm-hmm. you don't really some people put a lot of effort and a lot of time yeah. into that, that picture, you know, when you're just thinking your day to day and not necessarily a business, but then you go to stories and that's almost like a insight into your daily life mm-hmm. where I think a lot of times now people aren't doing any editing on a story. There's yeah. a lot less stickers and there's a lot mm-hmm. less kind of this clutter on a story that when it first came out, it was very gimmicky. You mm-hmm. know, there was always all these gifs or gifs, yep. however you want to say it, mm-hmm. uh, stickers and add yeah. music and doing this. And now a lot of times that I see it's just, it's unedited. Like you're not even swiping for a basic edit anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think like, uh, I think Facebook, uh, people tend to veer away from Facebook from a business, like from a customer side of it. I totally understand that Facebook is not the ideal platform for just a normal person every day to get their content. But from a business side of it, uh, Facebook is still a powerhouse leader in um, advertising, um, just the tools you get from it and just the insights and the pixeling. Um, it's really your bread and butter to start somewhere. Um, but yeah, so I think that's a common misconception is that Facebook is not dead by any means. Um, I think it's starting to die off more from the consumer side of it, from the business side of it. I think it's still going to be a powerhouse. Do you think that is due to other money coming in? to Facebook um, or is it that the the general Facebook users are just becoming numb to it similar to what they would do maybe like a newspaper ad yeah I mean um, I wouldn't say to the extent of a newspaper ad but I totally understand what you're saying um, I think the Facebook um, is just like you know it just kind of goes through its its life cycle of just um, you know on the next thing um, you know uh, the Instagram there was a reason why Facebook bought Instagram so I mean Facebook also knew that you know, Instagram's the next big thing. And then 
Um, now TikTok is becoming big. So, um, you know, it just kind of goes through a life cycle. But, I mean, Facebook is still around and still well, um, even though some people don't think so. You bring up insights, and I want to kind of talk to, uh, you know, I know kind of your story is you came into an organization that was starting to look at social, and you really had to spearhead it. Um, what have some of the challenges been? Or, um, you know, it's kind of a couple things, right? Because insights provide data, which every business owner wants to have data, but then they critique the data against other mediums that don't have any data. Um, what are some of the ways that you've either been able to explain, improve that social's working, and then also stay up on top of? And if you have, because I, it's hard, right? Because we're in the industry, but like to know, like a year over year we're all kind of expecting the same results, right? Mm -hmm. Or a different promotion, you know? So maybe an event, you know, you guys have a couple of concerts, you know, so what worked in May, it's, we're expecting it to work in July, but then we also sit here and talk about how fast it's all changing. Yeah. Um, what are some of the ways that you've either been able to track or to, you know, to try to compare numbers and then present that data, especially on like a year over year where you have a little bit more time in between? Yeah, I think just like when I first started, I wasn't even, um, you know, a marketing guy. I was just like a game day intern. But as as I um, got into the role and I started to prove myself more, I got more responsibility, which led to um, a promotion through an internship, which got me to this point of just like learning the Facebook, um, you know, like the analytics and stuff like that. But, you know, I came from, you know, so I work in a like a small office, like five to six um, person office, which um, their views were very traditional, um, which is no problem with that. But uh, just the way social was going, it just became such a vital um, avenue for marketing. And, you know, um, it took a while to prove, prove that this stuff actually works, but it also worked against me because, you know, I was going to Ben, my boss, and be like, well, you know, like here's analytics, you know, we can track people, we can see what works, you know, like what the ROI is exact to the sense. And, you know, that also worked against me because not every campaign is going to be amazing. Even, you know, even if you're great at what you do, you're still going to have those bad campaigns, but you also have to learn from it. Um, but yeah, so like I was showing them data and showing like him what works and what doesn't work. But, you know, they're, they're so used to, you know, throwing up a billboard that that's way overpriced or radio or newspaper where there's really not much not knowing what it's worth or like what you're getting in return. So, um, but yeah, I think overall, like they just finally realized the power of the retargeting and the pixeling and having your, you know, the data's king. Um, you know, the data's right up there um, for priorities, trying to get it and trying to figure it out. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's there's a lot to dig into. I mean, I'm always learning every day, and I'm in it every single day, and it's still you learn a lot. What have have you found a way um, to be able to tell? You know, so maybe a campaign doesn't do as good. Are you able to figure out a way that or a reason why, or maybe it's just in the times? You know, maybe because like you said, some campaigns just don't work, mm -hmm. um, and sometimes that's just Facebook. Mm -hmm. You know, it's nothing uh, that you did. It's just Facebook for whatever reason, mm -hmm. didn't push it in front of the right people. Um, are you able to tell when that happens or is it just kind of, let's just tweak it a little bit and see if it does any better than try to just keep running new ads to see what's working? Yeah. Um, I would say like it really started out when, um, people started to finally catch on to the power of Facebook from an advertiser standpoint, cause I started to get flooded and I started to see my results, um, start to drop a little bit, not drastically by any means, but I could definitely tell that there was fatigue 
in the newsfeed and in my results because um just like and from me i started to see more ads to my newsfeed and i'm like uh oh like you know we're gonna have to start adjusting way more than you know just the smaller adjustments because like i was doing everything normally you know things were working out well like we were getting results and then i was i kept doing the same thing but the results were going down so i felt like something was off in a consistent way so i just you know tried to make changes um you know um, I could be here all day saying the changes I made, but, uh, you know, just like the captions or, you know, I even tried to reverse it. Like you were saying a while ago about trying to reverse the script of sending, you know, great edited photos in a newsfeed as an ad because the consumer is getting habitual about, well, this ad, you know, they just see it and they think it's an ad. Yeah, they just see it on scrolling yep. through now. Yep. You know, we're so good, I think, at that. Mm -hmm. And like now, not now, because I go back and forth between it, but, um, you know, there's definitely, um, you know, a way to stop them in their newsfeed where it's more natural, not sales driven, but still a Facebook ad, if that makes sense. Yeah. And so I guess kind of explain or, or kind of anything that you found about um, kind of going back and forth and how Facebook changes. And again, what you did today might not work tomorrow, mm -hmm. but then it may work three days from now. How is that something you keep up on or is it just you just continuously change your own stuff just knowing like, hey, Facebook's going to do it anyways. Mm -hmm. So let me make sure that we're not running the same kind of ad to try to get, capture those those potential customers. Yeah, I mean, I, I try to not make, um, I try not to make adjustments too fast. Like I always try to let the algorithm like, my ads learn or whatever they call it in Facebook um, where they like learn the algorithm and you know I, I kind of let it sit like I try to not go on my phone because um, I see results and it's like bad for a day or two but I just try to ignore it and just kind of let's see what happens over the next few days and sometimes it works out and sometimes I do have to make adjustments which you know those adjustments um, you know sometimes they're you know it's just a whole new graphic or you know like so sometimes you could have great um click-throughs but horrible engagement you could have great engagement but horrible click-throughs so it's a constant push and pull strategy that you just try to figure out um but i know there was a great uh way that i learned how to um create the social proof um and that's i mean it's probably way too technical right now but you copy the ad throughout the whole ad sets and it it's like different audiences everything's different but it keeps the same like if somebody liked one from a different audience it likes it on the other audience too so like the engagement is really good um if you do it that way as well and so and i think one of the frustrating parts is that you could literally go into an ad you could backspace a period you could re-enter that period and click publish and you can have completely different results <laughs> because facebook is going to change yeah. the algorithms and so you know, as soon as you go in there, you edit it, it basically resets the entire ad as far as the algorithm standpoint goes. And it's so frustrating mm -hmm. because, again, you might not have changed anything. And so it, at times it can be difficult. How is that something that you work? I think a lot of us in the social world understand that. How have you learned to kind of describe this to upper management that maybe doesn't understand Facebook or maybe doesn't want to understand Facebook or is it something that they just put that trust in you and as long as you guys focus more on ticket sales than you do actually how it's working? Yeah, I think it really comes down to trust because so much stuff um, is over their head and not not seeing that in a bad way at all because we all have strengths and 
um, in different places, but like, you know, I'm in the trenches every day doing it. So they just kind of trust me and I've had, I've had proven results. It's not like I went in there blind and, you know, I don't know what I'm doing, but like I've been doing this probably two years from a Facebook ad standpoint and I've been producing results for them and they see it. So they just trust it that sometimes stuff's not going to work. Sometimes it's going to work. So, um, yeah, I would say the trust is the biggest thing because, the amount of data you get and the amount of results that you can get and manipulate, it's um it's really hard to go to upper management and say, This works all the time. Like you just can't do that. So like it's hard like it just comes down to trust and them trying to believe in the goal. Do you find yourself kind of if somebody want or if, if you're coming up with a new idea, almost like hedging what you're like it's hard to guarantee anything, right? Oh, because yeah. I think we know what's gonna work. But like we've said multiple times, like it's hard to like pitch an idea. It's worked once or it's worked twice, but you don't know if it's going to work again. Mm-hmm. So is it something like when you're having those conversations, are you guaranteeing results? Or are you just, is it more just the structure and the kind of how you're going to do it and that you yeah. guys will talk about the results as it comes? Yeah, that's definitely um, the last part you said there. It's mainly about um, trying to get the strategy right, um, you know, the tactics right from a from a logical uh you know rational way um because we just can't guarantee results because like what we like the customer might not like even though we think it's a great idea um you know from a theory standpoint does not mean the customer is going to like it so you just kind of got to trust the people around you and trust the tra- the strategies you do and the tactics that do and like you know use stuff that that's worked in the past and you know the mistakes you made just kind of mush it all together and then um you know just make a decision on that and then just you know go for the ride do you find yourself marketing in ways that you don't like as a customer or do you really try to envision yourself as a Facebook user? Cause I think a lot of times and a lot of small businesses I think are guilty of this is that they're doing things that like either they've told they've been told they should do um, or, you know, but they don't do it themselves. You know, they're told, you know, the newspaper person comes in and says, Hey, you should buy a, you should put an ad in a newspaper cause everybody's looking at a newspaper and you think about yourself and go, I haven't picked up a damn newspaper in three years. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, do you find yourself like trying to think like, how am I using this as a user or talk outside? Um, or is it something that maybe you probably are doing things in the social world from a marketer that as a consumer, you don't personally do? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm guilty of it both. Um, sometimes, you know, it's chaos days and I just kind of, you know, get things done, but it might not be the best, best idea because just to cut the customer is just a whole different whole different view um you know am i'm i'm always guilty of being in that business aspect of sell 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 but i know that that's not the right thing to do but sometimes i, I just get caught up in it but um yeah i mean i've had to make it like when the results are bad or something like that i really have to sit down and just push everything away and i just think as a customer would and then try to make adjustments off that if somebody's looking, you know, a small business is looking at getting into marketing and they don't want to hire us here at Epic to <laughs> handle their marketing, uh, shameless self-plug, <laughs> what is one thing that, that you would suggest, um, you know, maybe one platform, you know, maybe they don't, they have a Facebook page where they haven't posted on it since May, you know, they probably don't have an Instagram, mm-hmm. they have a Twitter because six years ago everybody said you needed a Twitter, you know, somebody that's just kind of thinking about restarting and re, you know, or restarting their social platform and presence. Mm-hmm. What are a couple of things that you would suggest that they do right away? I mean, it's basically based off, um, you know, who you're 
target audience is. But um, I think even pushing that aside, I think you really have to start on Facebook um, just because the power of it. And then once you learn Facebook, because I think, you know, a big thing is not trying to do too much where you try to go on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, Snapchat, TikTok. You just can't do that right away. I feel like you just start with Facebook, the only platform you start with, and then just build it, put all your effort into it. Once you get an audience on Facebook, you can take that audience and tell them, you know, you can do giveaways. You can do, you know, um, you know, say, come and follow us on Instagram and then start your Instagram like that. Cause that's what we did with, uh, Copeland Park and Event Center. We, so the lacrosse loggers is a summer collegiate baseball team, which we have 36 home games, but we also do uh, special events. Um, we've done big concerts, country concerts, and we just started that like three, four years ago. Um, and we were doing stuff from the loggers account, which has like, like 11,000 people. But we made a decision that if we're going to keep doing these big events that we need to branch off um, totally. So, I mean, practically we are starting from ground zero from the event side of it. So I was just like, okay, we're going to do this right now. We started last last November. We started from scratch with nobody on Facebook. Um, you know, we just did kind of like the basics of, you know, um, invite people from the loggers count, like just like user assets and resources that we have to build this Facebook page. Um, and then once we built it up, you know, it, it took a while. Um, like it took like a year and like right now we're at like 3,700 people and we started at zero last November. So, um, you know, once we got that audience in our email list and stuff like that, we can start to grab, like take those people and put them towards Instagram, which we just started, you know, in like May or June last year. So it was like three, four, four or five months, whatever of just Facebook. And then we transferred it to Instagram and now we're at like 400 followers on Instagram. So, um, you know, I think it's just important to focus on one thing and build it big. And then once you get that, you can start to branch out. Um, do the other ones. So I have a feeling I kind of, uh, you know, kind of this principle, I guess, that I really hate when somebody's using the cross plat promote platform. Um, I just don't think it's a good strategy to always only post on one platform and have it go to maybe say they post on Facebook and it goes to Instagram. Mm -hmm. Are you guys utilizing a lot of that or do you try to post natively on that platform um, or is it a little bit of a mix? Um, well, do okay. So like, yeah, um, I totally agree with that. It's just like the problem is like you know if you have the resources for people to produce content differently for each platform. Um, you know, right now, um, you know, in the past years, I was just so busy where I just it just had to go to all platforms the same content because I just didn't have time or the person to help me do it. So um, you know, now I just got um, an intern on board to help me. You know, produce content for different platforms. But are you are you going in and manually posting them, or are you using the uh, post I, also to Instagram or post also to Facebook? Yeah, I do uh, Hootsuite is where I just kind of you know just make a graphic and then I just put it out you know on all platforms. That's not the ideal thing to do, but you know it's try like it's, it's, there's a lot of time management that you try like. All right, so is it worth the time to you know produce a different graphic for that platform? Yeah, it's it is, but when I have you know other important things to do, I just can't. Um, but if I had the resources to, I would definitely attack. So, that. but you're using Hootsuite also then to manage all of the notifications, or how do you manage 
you know, maybe a message that comes in on Facebook, a message that comes out on Instagram, a comment on Instagram, yeah, so, a comment on Facebook. Yep. So since there's three baseball teams, um, I get a lot of help. Like I don't spearhead um, all of the socials. Um, I, I do, but I don't because I, I don't understand the day-to-days in Mankato and Rochester. I do in lacrosse, so I mainly take lacrosse, um, you know, as my own. But like Mankato and Rochester, I basically just handle the graphical side of it and and produce stuff and post stuff but if it's like something that happened during the day or happened during a game or like highlights i just don't know what's going on over there um so they have interns over there that post for me as well during the season you know you know like a month up to season that they start coming in um but yeah so yeah because i think one of the issues that i think people can have is so say they only post on facebook and that goes to instagram um, one, you're never usually you're not going to use any hashtags because mm-hmm. for whatever reason hashtags on Facebook like you, I think you can yeah. put one, but once you start posting hashtags like you do on Instagram, that's accepted on Instagram. I think you, it just looks kind of goofy mm-hmm. on Facebook. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, well, you know, y- yeah, and that's what like I I do go in manually, um, and and edit the captions, but it's nothing like drastically like because Instagram I have like you know for for links and stuff I have to do like link in bio for Instagram and stuff like that. Um, but it's nothing drastic. Um, but you're still going in and changing them. So I think what some small business owners is they can feel like they're overwhelmed. And so they're like, Hey, I'm going to post to Facebook. My Twitter's linked up and my Instagram's Mm -hmm. linked up. So it's going to be the same caption. I think sometimes you can look silly, especially like you said, if you're putting in a link, Mm -hmm. it doesn't work in Instagram. Everybody then knows like, Mm -hmm. Hey, you cross promoted this or you just don't understand. Mm -hmm. Um, and then also if you post a picture on Instagram or Twitter and you're not in the habit of going in there, you're going to have unread messages and now mm-hmm. facebook business manager makes that a little bit easier being able to link yep. your instagram messages but if there's any comment on there you're never going to see it unless yeah. you have something set up in some system in place and then you look you look bad then because mm-hmm. you're not responding to your comments you're not responding to your interactions and then yeah you may have an instagram page but it's actually negatively hurting you from a word-to-mouth standpoint that in today's social world like a lot of what we're doing is for that branding so that way you can get that social that that word of mouth because let's be honest nobody's using the phone book anymore i i don't even know why they send it out you know i wish there was a way to not because it goes (laughs) from my it goes from my mailbox right to my garbage like i don't even bring it in my house anymore Mm -hmm. because if i need something if i want a plumber what are we going to do we don't even google it usually anymore right yeah we go to facebook and we say hey looking for a plumber who can you recommend and if nobody knows who you are and nobody knows that you have a Facebook page and nobody knows, like, mm-hmm. nobody can tag you, yeah. now all of a sudden you're missing that boat. Yep. Um, you know, how do you do it from a personal day-to-day or kind of what are your thoughts? Um, in regards to, like... Just the, the future, kind of that future of, like, that word-of-mouth marketing. Yeah, I mean, like, the, the branding side of it, you know, word-of-mouth is very powerful. Um, you know, like just a branding like our at lacrosse loggers there you know everything matters from you know the ground up the way you smile the way you communicate um it all matters and it all affects the bottom line in some way shape or form um you know you might not notice it but i bet that customer notices it you know so um yeah word of mouth is very powerful and we take that very seriously as a marketing arm you know that's just as important as you know the facebook ads or you know you name it your top marketing you know, avenue that you use. 
Yeah, and I think, you know, and, and again, you think of, you know, maybe somebody's posting it's a Thursday night, you guys have a game, maybe it's a Friday, and somebody says, hey, looking for something to do. You obviously want your brand to be top of mind for people to think, like, and be social enough to mm-hmm. say, hey, come to the Loggers Club, you know, the baseball mm-hmm. club, and, you know, whatever the, the handle is, you know, and be able to tag you easily. You mm-hmm. know, one thing, Facebook, again, has quirks, right? My Epic Media page from a mobile device can't be tagged right now. That can on a desktop, but not on a mobile. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's frustrating, but there's nothing that we can do about it. And I think that kind of goes back to what we were talking about—that it's mm-hmm. it's always changing. We're in Facebook's playground, and we have to yep. play in it. Yeah, definitely. Um, I want to transition into how have you found yourself staying up on the current social media? <laughs> you know, again, we you mentioned yeah. before we both listened to Gary Vaynerchuk. Uh, where he's really big on, mm-hmm. you know, making sure you're scrolling through the top hundred apps. Um, yep. You know, it's under, trying to learn and trying to understand. We've heard of TikTok, right? And I, I know what it is. I know it's powerful, but it's something that, like, I personally struggle to like even tell people how to use. Mm-hmm. Have you guys started to use TikTok at all, or do you have any ideas how you kind of want to use it for the upcoming season? Yeah, I mean, I. Like I would love to use it as a business. Um, you know, once my intern comes in, I'll definitely explore that that platform because I think, you know, it, you know, just like Vaynerchuk says, you know, you have to beat it before everybody else gets there because once everybody else gets there, it's ten times harder to gain traction on it and stuff like that. So if you get to the platform early, you learn the ropes of it, and then you know you start to execute things and you start to get out there before everybody else does. Um, but TikTok, I have it personally, and I'm starting to fall in love with it from a personal level. But as I'm good, like as I'm getting on, on TikTok, you know, I don't see any, like when I first downloaded it, I didn't see any ads on it. Um, I didn't see like corporate companies on it. I didn't see, you know, stuff like that. And then like, you know, the months progressed and I started to see ads come up that you had to skip. And then um, I started to see like sports teams have it and use it in unique ways that I didn't even think was possible. Um, just genius, you know. It's 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 no sales driven content. It's just um, you know content about the player or something like that. It's just kind of cool. Um, but yeah, um, staying on those trends. Um, you know, who knows if TikTok's gonna be around? You know, in a year now. But just uh, you know, just getting on the okay. So so say TikTok does not live for another year. But if you get on the platform and you learn it and you understand it and you understand how people communicate you know if that app goes away there's going to be something else that you're going to have those skills well, that tiktok can... is basically vine from yep vine 2.0 basically right? yep you know and, and we know what is facebook and instagram going to do mm-hmm. they did it to snapchat it's only a matter of time i'm sure instagram's trying to figure out some way yep. to copy what they're doing mm-hmm. um which is weird because Facebook Inc. or whatever, you know, their name uh, seems to just use Instagram to bury everybody else mm-hmm. while Facebook yep. relatively stays the same, mm-hmm. um, except for the addition of stories and, mm-hmm. and all that. Um, but is it something, are you scrolling through the top 100 apps every day or once a week? No, or? I mean, I'm so like, that's a great idea. Um, but just sometimes I get lost in, you know, day-to-day business things, but, um, you know, I usually stay on top of it with podcasts or, um, you know, just YouTube stuff that I see, you know, you know, like whatever YouTube gives me as, you know, the top video or like business, like whatever, I usually watch it or stuff like that. Or I just ask, you know, experts in my field or, you know, people I know, you know, that I trust and just kind of stay up on trends and, 
you know, just go from there. I try my best, you know, to stay on top. And is this something that you would recommend a small business doing or, or is it something that they really need, you know, kind of an agency? And again, I think that's kind of the specialty of what we're doing here. Um, and I've told you before, before you, before at some point you're going to work for, for Epic, um, <laughs> whether you know it or not, uh, maybe it's the podcast host to start off, but, uh, you know, cause it, as a small business owner, they're out there in the field all the time. Yep. You know, you look at somebody, say your boss, who was handling all the social content before, there's no way that they could sit mm-hmm. down and l- take the yeah. time to learn a TikTok mm-hmm. or, oh, yeah. you know, there's a me.com or, you know, me.we or something like that that's out there now that I've been playing around mm-hmm. with. Um, so as a small business owner, again, we as marketers are always like, you got to try, you got to try the newest, try the newest, but then you listen to 10 minutes ago and we're like, whoa, pick one, you know, so how do you, how do you approach it, you know, maybe in helping a small business or, you know, for our small business audience, what would you suggest to them to do from, um, just trying different, trying the different platforms, you know, again, we kind of talk of if they're going to, if they're just starting out, start on Facebook, then mm-hmm. kind of branch from there. Yep. But at the same time, then as marketers, we kind of talk out of both sides of our mouth, right? Because then <laughs> we're like, Hey, you should really get on yep. this TikTok because nobody else is here. And they're like, wait a second. You just told me to like start my yep. Facebook page, mm-hmm. um, yeah. which, what do you want me to do? And the answer is probably both, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like just yeah. find either find time or don't, mm-hmm. you know, there's neither, neither strategy is really wrong when you come yeah. to small business. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, Trying to gain gain credibility on a platform is huge. Um, you know, if you build your Facebook, you know, big, you know, just take time to do it. And, um, you know, you, you got to start somewhere, but you have to continuously dabble in other platforms. Just learn them and figure it out. Like, you, you don't have to go, go hard in the paint with, you know, the other platforms, but you should learn them and understand them at least. You know, like, you, know you, you could do like 70... 70 to 80 percent of your content on facebook where you know your bread and butter is where you're trying to build a brand but you should still dabble in those other platforms just learn them and figure them out so when you're ready to branch off you can just you know hit the ground running you don't have to learn anything you're just ready to go do you feel it also has to do with a business like you know a smaller you know maybe like a plumber you know small town plumber might not have to focus on it TikTok right now. Like, yeah, it, correct. It, it, yep. then mm-hmm. there's no negative to it. Like, they would learn, but at the end of the day, is that their audience? Yeah, correct. Yeah, and f- from a small business side of it, um, you know, probably not. You know, TikTok because you're you're so regional and you're so. Um, you Unless know, you're a dance school, right? You know, so I think again, if you're a dance school or you're maybe the jump park or you're a mm-hmm. business that's tailoring to probably an under twenty. Yep. But now give it six months, and then that's going to be an under thirty, mm-hmm. and then in six more months yep. it's an under forty-five yep. audience. Yep. And yep. That that platform always ages up. Mm-hmm. It's only a matter of time, you know. The top Instagram consumer right now is the forty-five-year-old yeah. female taking selfies of herself. It's crazy. Who just came from Facebook, mm-hmm. and it's only a matter of time before they're making TikTok videos. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally agree. So I mean, you know, it's you know that kind of goes back to you know people say that traditional media is not is dead but you know in reality it's not dead it's just that it's overpriced and i think that you just have to know you know when to do when to attack certain things and when to just kind of you know stay back and you know do what you're really good at and what your business you know really needs to focus on yeah and it's not i think it's okay to talk to the billboard guy right it's okay to talk to the radio guy because you never know what deal they're gonna get you never know trade or you know you name it right Mm -hmm. you know and i think 
you know, from a sports team, you guys have a little bit more to provide, you know, in terms of the trade and the advertising oh, yeah, and yeah. everything mm-hmm. like that. You know, but for a small business, would you, you know, say they have, you know, some of these small businesses only have a thousand dollar budget, oh, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. to use a month. Which you, I, it's totally understandable. Would you, would you recommend them to use any radio to do any television or billboards or kind of, you know, if, if I'm a small business owner, sit down from you right now, where would you tell me to put my thousand dollars? Ooh, that's a, that's a tough question. I mean, it's I think it's it's hypothetical though. I'm not, <laughs> yeah. I'm not spending the money. In, maybe I should, and we'll talk in a month. <laughs> I mean, it's you know, it all depends on you know, like who are you talking to in the traditional side of it. You know, if you can work trade, um, I would definitely maybe attack uh, traditional. But you know, when it gets down to it, your thousand dollars is probably not going to be that that great from a billboard or a radio because you know you're going to use a big chunk of that just on you know one ad or two ads where you know you go go on facebook and reach a huge audience for you know less than that one radio ad you know like who knows you know like that one billboard ad um so i think you you definitely get more bang for your buck from a facebook side of it from a digital um you know ad side of it but but obviously you have you also have to know how to do it too you know that's that's the other catch 21 because like um you know how some people just some small business owners are just not fluent in the digital side of it, so it's just you know easier to just go to the traditional and throw it up on a billboard or you know throw it on a radio. So I mean it all all, all depends on your comfort zone and your budget, like you're saying, um, in your market. To be honest, um, but if I had a choice, I would definitely do do the digital side of it because you can track things, you can specifically target people that you actually want, and you kind of know what works and what doesn't work. Um, but yeah, I mean that's the route I would go. You know, and I think, you know, I, I think we'll probably have you back on the podcast here because uh, there's so many different topics, right? You oh, know, yeah. kind of with, um, the advertising, the the time. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sure you do it. Like we can choose, we can run an ad for Saturday at starting at 6 p.m. in the that local user market. It ends at 9 p.m. or it ends at 10 p.m. It starts back up over their lunchtime for two hours, and then it's back, mm-hmm. you know, whereas on a radio, you're lucky. I mean, it's 6A to 7P, BTA, best time available. Mm-hmm. You have no clue who you're around. Yep. Um, you have no clue if they're listening, you know, or sometimes, you know, these radio people give you ads at mid- from midnight to four <laughs> and then tell you how great yeah. it is because the third shift audience is listening, yeah. which, again, it is. But guess what they're doing when they're in the break room for 15 minutes? Yep. They may be listening to your radio, but again think about yourself like you you're tuning out you may hear it yeah like you said there's still value there but it's just at what cost if, yeah whereas if we can get for a dollar a click or 50 cents a click we can send somebody to our website that we know they went to yep. our website and track them and have them you know for a long like it's it's not just a person that listens to a radio ad and then they they disappear forever you know into eternity where you know if they go they go on your website you have them to retarget you know for months or you know a year or whatnot you know um, but I think, you know, from, from a small business side of it, I think you have to be really, really careful from a, from, you know, if you're sitting in a meeting with a traditional, you know, like a billboard guy or a radio guy hearing their pitch, be very careful on what they're pitching you because some things are just, um, I mean, they're, they're true, but they're also not like practical. Like, you know, I, I've sat in meetings with billboard people and I just kind of like, yeah, that's true, but you know, that's not really going to give me an ROI. You know, like um, driving through downtown, I see, you know, a billboard saying, you know, oh, well, 
of consumers spend their day outside. Okay, well, that's a very broad fact that is not going to help my business grow because, you know, I'm on my phone during texting. Don't tell the police, but <laughs> but I mean, I mean, I mean, I'm on my phone playing music or doing something or just like daydreaming or thinking like, you know, it's not, you know, what they say is not always what you get um, you right, know, from ROI. Yeah, I mean, they can say 10,000 or 30,000 people, you yeah. know, a perfect example of that is, you know, when I was at Dean's and, you know, somebody brought, you know, one of the, a local media company, you know, pitched their website to me, you know, how many people come to their website and then also how many impressions it had and a supposed how many click-throughs it had, you know, and it was something crazy like 300,000 or 150 or 300,000 impressions in a month. I was like, dang, that sounds good, right? But my sales went down. So then I was like, well, cool. Like, I can't, I, we have no sales from it. You know, so it may be yeah. cool, but at yeah. the end of the day, like, nobody, still nobody did anything on it. Yeah, exactly. And that goes, you know, back to a conversation quick. I'll just cover this really fast. But, um, you know, that goes to, you know, saying, okay, well, like your Facebook results could be great, but, you know, the quality of those results, are they actually getting you sales? And I think, you know, I could say the same thing uh, to people that are selling you digital um, ads. Like, you know, I've sat in meetings where they say, oh, well, you know, you can get, you know, a thousand clicks for this, you know, but I'm like, and I tell them right there, I'm like, okay, is that thousand thousand clicks actually going to get me sales or just get non-qualified people to my website and then they're just leaving right away so I think it's you know you have to really understand and not you know um take everything that they say to heart right I I always thought it'd be fun and I, maybe I'll still do this maybe we'll do this for epic sometime you can join I wanted to get a billboard guy a radio guy and a tv guy and a newspaper guy all in a meeting and we're just going to let them all pitch each other and then argue against each other and just sit back <laughs> and enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> um, because they all bash each other. They all promise everything. Yeah. And that's one thing in social that I'm really careful about is I don't want to promise anything. Mm-hmm. Um, again, in social, we have the proof. But a lot of times also it, it can be your team. Yep. You know, and, and it's one thing that I'm talking to some clients right now is we're getting on the phone with the sales team. Um, and I know this is a very broad – so I think we're going to we'll, – we'll probably <laughs> – we'll dive into all of these more, but I think this is a great introductory uh, uh, episode here. Um, but going back to the sales team needs to be on board, you know? And so for you, you can drive people, you know? So say we, say we do the concert, you know, cause that's a very, mm-hmm. it's a very simple yep. thing. Um, concert and season tickets are probably very similar. Um, you create the content, you sit and spend however mm-hmm. much time you've learned for how long, who to target, what to do, you send them to the website, and if the website sucks or maybe it doesn't Correct. work that day yeah. or the UI UX yeah. isn't very good, you get no sales, who gets blamed? Yeah, It's not sucks. the sales team. Yeah, It's the marketing team, yeah. right? You know, And so I've really been conscious with all of my clients. Like We all need to be in this together. Like You need, mm-hmm. need to be excited. So say if you run a, a news or a phone campaign where you're telling them to call in or message, mm-hmm. if the person on the other end sucks at messaging yeah. or sucks at answering the phone, they're not smiling, they're crabby, yeah. they don't get the sale. It's like, damn, like I did my job. Yeah, I got I them to you. Yep. Um, is that something that you've had a conversation with your kind of your management team on or does it, you said it's a small team. So everybody kind of knows, knows what's going on. But for some of those remote locations, they're kind of out of your 
yeah. you're, you're, you're right. disconnected yeah. from them. So are you going back and looking at the messages and seeing what that's like or asking the phone team, you know, cause it's like, you don't want, you don't want to be blamed for it when yeah. it could be the sales team. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, um, you know, first you have to have confidence in what you do. Um, you know, and trust what you're doing is, you know, really good work, but also, you know, like, you know, some, some lead campaigns and this goes into like a, the more digital, um, ad side of it. But like, you know, I send out a lead form for, you know, you know, like a ticket package or like a concert package or like, you know, y- you name it. Once, once I get those leads from Facebook and I download them, you know, in an Excel spreadsheet, I make sure that, you know, the qualified salesperson is going to get that lead because, you know, that lead is vital. You know, that lead could be, you know, $20 to, you know, a $500 purchase. So like you want to make a lifetime. Sh- yeah. You know, the, the lifetime value Correct. of that is you yeah. don't know. Yeah. You right don't now know. it's zero. And exactly. if you suck, it'll stay zero. Yeah, exactly. But it could be, it could turn into a $20,000, yeah. you know, lifetime value yeah, of exactly. all of a sudden now instead of buying one season ticket, maybe they have yeah. three other friends that want to come as exactly, well. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And definitely. So, I mean, you know, I mean, for us, we have sales interns so once you know the interns get acclimated you kind of start to get a feel for you know who's who's really killing it on the floor and then you know once you know you kind of establish that that lead intern that's really good on the phones you know interpersonal skills are great you kind of just have trust in them and then you give them the lead and you know you just you know give them the you know the go ahead to make the sale try to right because that you don't want it to reflect poorly on you so if (laughs) you can prove that hey there's sales that came from this Mm -hmm. and i've had the same thing where i've worked with two different companies in the same industry and provided similar results but got two complete or similar similar results from me to the Mm -hmm. client but very different results back you know and ultimately it's the marketing that that they go hey they're unqualified or they're this or that and then you look through and you go man, like what, how did you talk to them? You know, and so then it's diving into your interaction, mm-hmm. you know, their, or their interaction. Yep. And it's like marketing and sales are so close together. It's not just sending oh, yeah. it out to yep. a rep anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not just putting on the radio and hoping that the phone rings. Yep. You know? Yeah. You know, and I think, you know, I look at back at the, at our Dean's days and, you know, we had a tracking number. And so all of a sudden we put all these tracking numbers on a bunch of stuff. And I know kind of when you started, like I was kind of torn on it, but, the tracking numbers, if we followed the data, told us not to market because everybody was calling a number that we never even put in the mm-hmm. on the ads. Yeah. You know, but we had branded so well, or they had for so many years in traditional, that everybody just happened yeah. to know that number. Um, so, how do you guys track it more from a click in a campaign now, or do you have multiple numbers that you try to try to see the data? Um, like phone numbers, you're saying? Yeah. Uh, or track it, or coupon codes, yeah, or yeah. So I mean. We do promo codes of that nature, you know, in all three markets. But sometimes, you know, I just kind of, you know, shoot shoot the GM, a, you know, a Slack message, you know, saying, you know, well, we're running this campaign, but if you have people walk in or if you have people that call, always try to follow up with how would you hear about this? Because some people, you know, like they just don't really care where they heard from it. They just see it and they're going to buy it, you know, go on with their day. But, like, if you ask that question – you know, you start to get, you know, a feel for like what's working, you know, just because, you know, it happens more than enough where, you know, like my results in my Facebook ad could be, you know, not great, but we could have a walk-in person or somebody that calls and purchases, you know, five ticket packages 
and doesn't tell us how they did it, you know, but, you know, if you ask them, like, oh, yeah, I saw it on Facebook, and then I just kind of, you know, ignored it, and then I was just going to get to it later, you know, that, that happens way more than you, than people actually think, because you just, like, some people get, just get focused on those results, they just see that, you know, the click-throughs, but sometimes it's not always about the click-through, I mean, that's the base for it, but you have to also, like, you know, ask them, you know, where, where they hear about it. Right, and I think you have to look at the overall business, if the overall business is growing, something is working. You know, and if all of a sudden you put more money into Facebook and the results as a whole go up, like, obviously, there's other factors, but um, I think we can kind of get the, it's a blessing and a curse to have that data on Facebook, right? Um, It's a blessing because we can see it, we can learn from it, we should be able to spend less money in a smarter way, but then it's a curse because then we get so results focused that we, you know, we will pull back marketing, we'll change it Mm -hmm. too soon, or, you know, we almost drive ourselves crazy when if we just would have left it alone, yep. it was working or, or it may have been okay. Yeah. And there's, you know, with, th- there's really no right or wrong answer of like how to do digital advertising, but there's basics that you need to cover, um, you know, to make sure that you're doing it correctly and in a professional way, but there's really no right or wrong. You know? So what are some of those basics? Again, if we look at, you know, maybe somebody that's looking at starting off and we'll kind of wrap it up there. Um, but you know, somebody that's, doesn't know a whole lot about social, you know, and they might not, might not want to pay somebody to do it. Um, they want to try to learn it themselves. What like, are a couple basics that you would, you would ask learn, them to do or kind of set the expectations for them? Like just like learn paid by themselves. You're saying, yep, yep. Yeah. If they're, you know, on their own yep. business page. Yep. Um, you know, what really got me kickstarted, you know, from ground one from Facebook advertising, like I didn't learn it from a, you know, from a classroom or anything like that. I just learned it from YouTube. Um, you know, and just like, it's simple as just Googling how to use Facebook ads, you know, for beginners, you know, it's just straight up like that. And once you learn the foundation, you know, like how to set up a business ads manager, not just boosting posts from a, you know, because a lot of people just, you know, see the boosted post button and they click boosted post. Well, that can get you started, but in reality, that's not going to get you the results that you actually want and the data that you want. So, you know, you have to set up a business ads manager and you can just Google how to set up a business ads manager and it'll walk you right through it. And once you get there, you know, it'll walk you through, you know, getting that pixel on your website is a huge thing for you and you need to learn that, I would say. And what does that pixel do? The pixel, um, you know, it's it's like a cookie, you know, when you go on a website. And what's a cookie? No, no, I'm getting it. <laughs> I know. Um, I get so caught up in the, you know, this is my lifestyle, so I don't even think of, like, trying to explain it <laughs> from the basics. But, um, but yeah, so, like, a cookie, uh, you you see it, you know, you go on a website and you see, you know, this website has cookies accepted or no or, like, whatever it says. Well, that basically just tracks you so they have the, the ability to retarget you because everybody, every single one of us has an IP address, and that IP address is a specific code that you stand for as you know a human you know so basically once you go to that website you are you know a customer for life that's why you go on their website for shoes and you go back on facebook and you see shoes on your newsfeed well that's basically what the pixel does and what an advertiser from facebook does is um takes that data and uses it as a retargeting tool which is very vital um so i'd say you know learn how to set up a business ads manager um and get that pixel um, implemented on your website um, you know, just learn how, um, there's plenty of ways to learn how you can do it manually yourself, or if somebody else runs the website, you know, a developer, you know, 
it's it's not that difficult to actually because no, they actually they give you a button that says yeah correct co- copy yeah, correct. pixel and yep. you put that you go paste yep. pixel into yep. email and you tell your web guy yep. correct hey post this on every page of my yep. my page or my uh website here yep and once that happens you have nothing to do because i mean you do have stuff to do but you don't have to touch that pixel anymore um it's act it should be active but there's ways to test it and that can be in a different episode <laughs> but uh but yeah there's different ways to test it and once you get that going you know you have the the basic foundation you know you start running ads um you know but but you know we could talk all day about that but you know just set up the business ads manager get that pixel rolling on your website and then you know just hit the ground running what are some basics, you know, so maybe somebody just starting out doesn't have a ads budget. Um, what are some basics that they can do for their organic page? Again, if they're not posting at all, or maybe they're posting once a month right now, what are some basics that a business owner could do from the organic side on their Facebook page? Um, sales driven or, con- or content? Just really just the basic, you know, again, so they just want to start yep. developing a brand yep. on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, it can be sales. It can be branding. What would you say are maybe three things that they need to be make sure that they're doing mm-hmm. on that page? I would say definitely be consistent in your posting. Don't post, you know, on a Monday and then don't post for another two weeks. Um, you know, just try to be consistent. Po- I mean, obviously, if you're a small business owner, you don't have all the time in your day to just sit on Facebook and post or, you know, sit, you know, wh- wherever and just post all day. So, I mean, just start, you know, from the foundation, post, you know, maybe – once a day or, you know, once every two days, once you start getting easier with it, um, you know, and make sure it's consistent. You know, that's probably be number two is, is like your theme of everything that you're posting, um, you know, like represents your actual brand. Um, you know, so like one would be stay consistent with your posting Two, make sure your theme, um, you know, really represents your brand. Um, and three, just don't be very sales driven, especially when you're just building a brand, you don't want, you know, that reputation from day one is to be like trying to sell something, you know? Um, but you know, obviously the bottom line for a business owner is what matters. Um, but trying to build a brand takes time and that's not, you know, com- that doesn't come overnight. Right. And I think, you know, like you had mentioned, make sure that you're posting every day. Um, it's Facebook has a great scheduling tool that you yeah, can use, correct. utilize yeah. to schedule, you know? So it's, really you know a lot of small businesses they're out and they're service driven um you know so it's making sure that you're getting that content from your installers or from your team mm-hmm. um you know that's what people want to see you know educate them show them what yep. you are show them who you are yep. make sure you have that personality um and really uh, you know kind of that consistency goes through with your personality too yeah and um, add a face to it you know like be the face of your company or, you know do facebook lives um stuff that represents you know like a real human behind this company and this business and it really just you know, it gives you that personal level that, you know, some companies just don't do. Right. And I think a lot of people are, they're scared of Facebook for whatever reason. You know, I think they're, you know, I play back a clip for you like, oh, that's what I sound like. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, I think for me, what helped was just getting over it. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, when you were, you started to record me on, you know, some of those tech videos at mm-hmm. Dean's and yep. whatnot, like I didn't even want to watch them. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't want to look how, like, I didn't, you know, the blogs that, or the vlogs that we did, like, I didn't. I didn't watch those until they were up because I hated looking at myself. I hated hearing myself. Mm-hmm. And it's something that I just had to get over. Like mm-hmm. I just, yeah. I just had to go, you know what? Like this is me mm-hmm. and this is who I'm going to be. Um, and a lot of businesses overlook that. They mm-hmm. overlook that 
the, the importance of the face of that business um, and just how, how easy it is then once you get over that and you just go, hey, like I got content all around me. Like I don't need to go create anything. Yep. You know, what is this? Why do we do it? You know, what is this cool tool? You know, and it, it's something that we could probably, you and me could sit down with a, or you and I could sit down with a uh, small business and just give them probably 50 different ideas, mm-hmm. you know, just from yeah. questions that we have. And it's, if we have those questions, the audience has those questions. And so I think for any small business to really think, what are our service calls about? What are people calling and asking yep. about? And then you just go put that on social, yep. you know, somebody's calling, you know, they want to know how to change the, you know, a breaker somewhere, flip a breaker yep. someplace from an electric company. Take a quick video or a post of how do you flip the breaker? How do you check for the breaker? How do you make sure you're not mm-hmm. blowing anything out? Yeah. Um, you know, it's a heating and air conditioning place. It's a reminding of a filter. Mm-hmm. I When I bought my house and on Facebook, you can target new homeowners, right? Yep. I bought my house. It was in the summer. I didn't change my filter. So when all, I, who knows when the previous owners changed the air filter or the furnace filter, whatever you want to call it. When all summer, all spring, all summer gets to the winter, we're going okay, and then all of a sudden, just keep it just starts turning yeah. off, like it furnace would kick on, it mm-hmm. run for three or four yeah. minutes, turn off. I call somebody like I think like man, I got a my furnace is you know screwed up. I need to pay you know how much, so I just posted online back to social marketing, you know the word of mouth, and I said, hey, anybody know anything? One of my buddies came over, started looking over the furnace pulled out the air filter and it's completely covered. <laughs> yeah. Like something so simple, <laughs> yeah. right? But if a heating and air company, maybe if they would have targeted me, maybe I would have called them. But again, it, I think it goes back to, hey, when I need something and 90% of the people probably know, and 90 maybe a little bit much, but if we need something, we're posted online. Like, mm-hmm. hey, w- anybody know anything about this? And so if you're top of mind to somebody else, yeah. they'll post and then, I'm always going through and being like, hey, four people recommended them. They're close. Like, mm-hmm. yep. I'll check them out. Are you checking out reviews? And I know we said we were going to be done like four <laughs> topics ago, but uh, <laughs> welcome to my world. <laughs> uh, maybe we'll finish with this. Uh, we just need to write all these down. We'll have to go back through and listen and expand on all these. Um, when you're using, like, I know a lot of us push reviews, right? Like, we're pushing to get reviews. You as a You as a consumer, do you check out reviews? So, like, if you're looking at a new place, like, are you checking, do you believe Google reviews more than maybe Amazon reviews or or Facebook reviews? Um, what is your personal take on it? From a consumer side of it, um, I really think, well, you know, like I can say personal side of it, but when I say my personal side of it, I always have a business perspective on it. So like, um, you know, uh, I see, like especially with clothing is big with me. Like I definitely go off of, you know, people reviews, especially online because, you know, there's some things that you see online that is not what you actually get. So you look through the reviews and see what it actually looks out of the box um, and whatnot. So I really take reviews um, personally for for sure um, in my decisions. Um, and just, you know, that's, that's kind of I mean, like one, like the second thing that I base my purchase decision off of is – you know, people reviews like if it's a th- two out of five i don't care how cool that product looks i'm probably not going to take time into you know buying it so i think it's very vital um and, and even just basing off the reviews thing quick you know like the the facebook response time is also vital because you know we fell into the trap where you know like we saw a message that we didn't respond to for a day 
you know, like whatever. And that looks really bad when somebody is going to your Facebook page and, you know, has a question and wants to DM you, but your response time is over a day. Well, they're not going to care in a day, you know, like they'll just go somewhere else or do whatever they want. So it's always vital, you know, with the reviews um, and also response time to always be there for them. Do you utilize chatbots at all or what are your thoughts on chatbots? I don't. I I think they're vital to a certain extent. Obviously, if you overuse them, I think um, it, it can take that personal side out of it. But, um, you know, probably a small business probably doesn't have to, um, you know, hit chatbots as much. But, you know, if you're starting to get more traffic that you just can't control, and I, I think chatbots is a great opportunity to... Do you utilize a chatbot for the first message that says like, hey, we got your message, we'll get back to you at all? Um, we, or we what don't, are your thoughts on but it? I, yeah, I, I think it's a great idea to be honest. Um, but do you, cause I, I have the other approach. Like I hate when I get those, you know, yeah. if I message a yeah. company and I get an automatic response and the problem is you can't, I wish you could set a message like a delay Yeah. because I hate these chat bots are instant, you yeah. know, and I've used some texting platforms. It's like they go in, fill out their information and click submit and within like, Yep. three seconds I'm getting a text yeah. message mm-hmm. and it's like whoa like it takes that personal side out of it and yeah, so and I I'm under like I prefer it being real yeah and I'm and I'm with you too um but sometimes certain companies are smart about it where they you know they send you a chat bot but in that chat bot they say that you know a human representative will be with you shortly. That would, that's more like, okay, well, they're just starting, you know, somebody will be with me shortly. So it's more of like, okay, you know, I'm not just talking to a robot this whole time. But if it's just like the robot the whole time, I'm apt to be not, you know, very engaged with this company. But if it says, you know, you know, here's a few questions to get you started and a representative will be with you shortly, then it's, you know, it's a lot easier to accept it. Right. I believe, I feel chatbots and, the way that some people are using them, say large kind of Fortune 500 companies and Fortune 5 companies, you know, that are so large, I think they're using it from a convenience standpoint yeah. to try to eliminate them. But that's not why I go to small business. Yep. You know, I look at small businesses the same as like you call a 1-800 number, push one for that mm-hmm. and two for that. Yep. And it's like, wait a second. Like, I thought you were a small business. Yep. Like, I wanted to talk mm-hmm. to somebody. Yep. Um, but again, I think you and me are viewing that from a marketing side and a branding side. Yep. Um, not necessarily the ones out in the field. So I understand why people use them. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I feel like if you have a choice to really. Yeah, to if I was a consumer, I would not want them at all. But I understand like why they're used and, you know, they are effective um, to a certain extent. Um, you know, I don't have much experience with it, but, you know, whenever I have to talk to Facebook ex- especially Facebook or like MailChimp or like, you know, some platform, you know, you just have to expect that that's what you're going to get because they're just so big. And I understand it from a business perspective, but from a customer perspective, I want that human element. I wish I could just, like I said, I wish I could schedule them like random, like, Hey, send this response anywhere between a minute and a half and five minutes, you know, and have it changed because a lot of the questions are the same and you can program them, Mm -hmm. you know, so a lot of times I think a lot of people are, putting the responses in their notes and then just probably copying them over anyways. Yeah. But, you know, so that's my only kind of negative on chatbots. I just wish that uh, 
you could delay them so it wasn't <laughs> yeah. instant because then yeah. the consumer knows right away. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, at least have the bubbles pop up and at least make <laughs> at least make it like take as long between the bubbles popping up. And yeah, it's like a two message. paragraph message and yeah, a second. <laughs> you never even saw it. Like, it's like I never even I never even left a message and all of a sudden I get a response. Like, yeah. come on, you know. So that's my only take yeah. downfall on that. But I think we'll get wrapped up here with another episode of Be Epic, uh, Brandon. I don't know if he knows this or if I already told him, but I think he's probably going to be co-hosting some of these um, <laughs> as we continue to interview small business owners. So I definitely appreciate you coming on. Um, I know you're not a small business owner, but you're somebody that um, I really, we bounce a lot of ideas off. And as we're sitting here, I'm like, how come we don't have our own like little private group? You know, we yeah. know so many people in the industry that, that have tried some of these different things or we can bounce ideas off. Um, and so maybe something that we start up, that's kind of the be epic networking group um, just to try to try to stay ahead of it because I think you know all of us are in the marketing world and especially me owning a a marketing and branding agency that we just need to stay in front of the in in front of this because small business owners we just can't expect them to Um, so I appreciate everybody tuning in listening like share review uh, tell us how you think of Brandon Um, (laughs) hey if anybody wants to find your you know kind of your brand um, where would you direct them to uh, personal or company? Yeah, either. Um, I don't personal? know. Maybe, maybe you're trying to build both. The company, <laughs> I know you're yeah. trying to build. So go out and like his pages and then tell him you heard him here because that way it makes him look better for his <laughs> boss. But, um, but yeah, I'm I mean, trying to grow your personal brand or not. I just kind of threw you threw yeah. it out there. And yeah, I mean, awkward. Uh, you can find me at Brandon underscore Oswald 21 on Instagram. LinkedIn, obviously, just Brandon Oswald. Uh, Facebook, Brandon Oswald. But, uh, you know, you can follow our baseball teams, our lacrosse loggers. Uh, Mankato Moon Dogs, Rochester Honkers, um, yeah, and Copeland Park and Event Center. Um, but yeah, Rochester Honkers. Do you have to be careful with that? Uh, Sometimes, yeah, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. No, are you are you hashtagging honkers or no? No, no, we, no. We be very careful with that. It's it's our our slogans fear the flock. So you got to be careful with that one too. <laughs> That's an important lesson as we end here. Is when you're gonna hashtag, make sure you probably on a <laughs> unpublic care. work. Don't do it on your work computer. Just search that hashtag and just <laughs> make sure that your brand is on point with ninety percent of that hashtag. Because yeah. yeah, I've known a few that have used hashtags that are a bit questionable. <laughs> they've learned their lesson. So again, I appreciate everybody listening. Uh, like, share, review. Uh, tell us what you think of this episode, and tune in next time.